book of Ephesians, and uh, we're going to stay in it uh, again during the worship hour this morning. Ephesians chapter number five. I know we're closely approaching the Thanksgiving season, and uh, I know a lot of times we have uh, seasonal messages, and I guess you would say that I'm doing that today. However, I do I do preach this same sermon throughout the year because. Thanksgiving should not just be once a year. It should not be twice a year or three times. It should be all year long. It should be every day. And I think we'll see that as we look at this passage today. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Let's all stand to our feet as we read this one verse of scripture and then we'll have a word of prayer and get into the message today. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 20. If you found your place, say Amen. Thank all of you are there. I don't hear any pages turning. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. The Lord says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Michael, would you pray for us this morning? Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is not a suggestion, this is a command. And it may be the hardest command in the entire Bible to obey. Why do I say that? Well, do you give thanks to the Lord always for all things? Now, Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, when the Bible says all things, does that mean just the good things? <laughs> no, it means the good and the bad. We don't always have good things to happen to us, do we? And, uh, but God is orchestrating all these things, whether they be good or whether they be bad. He's still orchestrating all these things for our good and for his glory and that's why I say it may be one of the hardest commands to obey is to constantly be in a thanksgiving spirit and uh, but I think it's the one command that if we will obey it, it could be the command that will bring the greatest blessing to us somebody said that there's four levels to life and uh, you can uh, just uh, figure out which level that you're on this morning the first level is where people are constantly complaining do you know anybody like that? I had a relative one time. You better not ask her how she's doing. Because you didn't want to hear about those 27 operations she had had. She loved to talk about that. But this is where people constantly complaining. Uh, some people, you can never please them. Have you ever met anybody like that? A woman had a husband like that. She got out of bed one morning, Pastor, determined to please her husband. 
I mean, he was constantly complaining, but she was going to do something to try to make him smile, to try to make him happy. And so she got out of bed that morning. She said, honey, what would you like for breakfast? I want to cook you a good breakfast. And he said, all right. He said, I want two pieces of toast, one wheat bread, lightly buttered, piece of white toast, nothing on it, two eggs. I want one of my eggs scrambled, and the other egg, I want it fried. And so he said, you got it? And she said, I got it. So she went in the kitchen, started preparing her husband this breakfast. She came out in the dining room, served it to him. He sat down, and she sat on the other end of the table to watch, see how he'd react. And uh, sure enough, before long, he had a sad look on his face, a sad expression. She said, what's wrong now? He said, you fried the wrong egg. (laughs) Now, that's ridiculous, isn't it? But, you know, it's ridiculous for people to go around constantly complaining. The second level is where people simply, well, I'll just call it simple ingratitude. They're sort of like a hog eating acorns under an oak tree without ever looking up to see where the acorns came from. Simple ingratitude. And then there's a third level. That's where people are grateful for obvious blessings. I mean, we all can be grateful for obvious blessings, like if they have good health, they thank God for their health. If they have food, they thank God for their food. But that's about it. They only thank God for the obvious blessings. But there's a level even above that. It's the biblical level. It's the level that our text is talking about where we give thanks always for all things. I believe that's the highest level in life. I believe that's the level that will help us get through life. (laughs) If we'll just learn to be thankful for all things, always. I heard a tale of a man who found the devil's seed barn. We were teaching about Satan this morning. And uh, this man who found the devil's seed barn, he found all kinds of seeds that the devil would sow into the hearts and lives of people. And uh, the man noticed that the, Satan had a superabundance of one certain kind of seed. It was called the seed of discouragement. Has the devil ever tried to sow that one on you? <laughs> Cause you to be discouraged? And uh, the man asked Satan, he says, Why do you have so many seeds for discouragement? And the devil said, well, I have found that if I can get the seed of discouragement into a person's life, I can get almost anything else I want to in their life. And furthermore, he said, I have found that the seeds of discouragement will grow almost anywhere except in the heart of a grateful person. So if no other reason, we should be grateful (laughs) to deter this thing called discouragement. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, when gratitude dies on the altar of a man's heart, that man is well nigh hopeless. And I agree with that. Thanksgiving. Let's talk about it for a few moments this morning. What should be the extent of our thanksgiving? Well, notice our text. It says always. Giving thanks always for all things. Why should we give thanks to God always? 
Well, we should give thanks to the Lord always because his blessings never cease. <laughs> and so, therefore, our thanksgiving should never cease. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. You ever word, read that word Selah in the Psalms? <laughs> I used to wonder, what in the world does that mean, Selah? I heard an old country preacher say one time, he said, well, I've been reading in the Psalms lately, and that word Selah keeps jumping up. He said, I, I tell you what I think it means. When the Lord says Selah, it's, it means, what about that? <laughs> I think he's pretty close on that. It means to meditate on that. Think on that for a while. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Selah. Lamentations 3.23 Talking about the mercies of God. It says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Has God been faithful to you? <laughs> He's been faithful to me. His mercies are new every morning. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I think we ought to include thanks in Every prayer to the Lord every day, we ought to be giving thanks to him. Now, if we ask God for more blessings, boy, we're good at that, aren't we? Asking God for more blessings, and then we fail to thank him for the blessings that he's already given. How wicked that is. How wicked that is. How foolish that is. A, Brit a British journalist by the name of Rudyard Kipling, he was a famous writer and poet. And uh, in Britain at the time of uh, his uh, life over there, he was gaining a lot of fame and notoriety at one point in his career that it was said that he was being paid as much as 10 shillings for every word that he would write in a magazine or journal. I suppose that was a lot of money. I don't know how much money that is back in the day, but I suppose 10 shillings per word was a lot of money. And so these young college students found out about Mr. Kipling, and they were aspiring journalists themselves, and they got envious about all this money that he was making, so they decided to play a joke on Mr. Kipling, and they sent him a letter, and they put 10 shillings in the envelope, and they put a note in there asking him to write them back and give them his best word. <laughs> What is your best word, Mr. Kipling? He wrote them back. Thank. <laughs> That's a good word, isn't it? <laughs> that ought to be high up on our best word list. What is the extent of our thanksgiving? The Bible says it should be always. In other words, it should be perpetual. Our thanksgiving should never cease because God's blessings never cease. When's the last time you count your blessings? <laughs> we sing that song sometimes in our hymn book. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Well, see, it's easy to think about the hard things and the, the bad things that come along, but we need to think about the good things. And whether they're good or bad, we ought to still thank God for the extent of our thanksgiving always. What about the expansiveness of our thanksgiving? What should it include? What should it cover? Well, go back to our text. Giving thanks always, that's the first part. And then it says, for all things. 
That covers a lot of territory, doesn't it? Last time I looked up the word in the dictionary, all means all. <laughs> what is the expansiveness of it? All things. Why should we give thanks to God for all things? Well, God rules over all things. Does God make any mistakes? No, he does everything well. Back up one verse and look at verse 19 of our same chapter, Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to think about verse 19. He says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, what's going to help us to be thankful always for all things? Keep a good old hymn or gospel song in your heart. <laughs> Do you ever go around you get a song in your mind, a good, good gospel. I'm not talking about rap music now. I'm against that message. But anyway, good gospel song, good spiritual hymn, uh, or psalm, and you get it in your mind, and, and, and it just get on loop. You ever get a good gospel song on loop? Brother, we need to keep a good hymn or a good gospel song on loop in our brain because it will help you stay thankful to the Lord. That's what this verse is saying. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. No, I don't care what happens, people. We need to keep a song in our heart. Keep a song in your mind and in your heart. I think about Fanny Crosby. You know, she wrote a bunch of songs in this celebration hymnal that you got. You ought to look up Fanny Crosby and see how many hymns shows her name as the writer of that hymn. Blessed assurance we played that on the, uh, for the offertory this morning. Of course, we played it in a little bit different style. Uh, uh, if you have any Irish blood in, you might have wanted to cut a rug a little bit. But <laughs> we'll put a little Irish tempo to it. We still sang it in, or played it in 9-8 time, though, wouldn't we? You know, it's written in 9-8 time, so we, we still obeyed the time signature. <laughs> Just put a little Irish uh, feel to it. But anyhow... Uh, Fanny Crosby. How many, how many hymns did she write? They're not all in our hymnal. She wrote 8,000. 8,000 hymns. What, what was the big thing about Fanny Crosby? What, it ought to be that she wrote 8,000 hymns, but usually when we think about Fanny Crosby, we think about one thing. She was blind. She was blind. But I think about song, some of the songs that she wrote. All the way my Savior leads me. Do y'all know that one? All the way. Sing it. My Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercies? Who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort. Here by grace in him to dwell. For I know whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. For I know whate'er befall me. Hey, I heard some good harmony in that. I bet y'all got a good choir around here, brother. Heard, heard them three parts coming. That's so pretty. I like it. Jesus doeth, this blind woman now, she said, Jesus, I'm blind, 
But Jesus don't make no mistakes. He doeth all things well. Now, we said some people just give God praise and thanks for the obvious things. Water. <laughs> you ever thank God for your water? We ain't got good water now. It's like got a lot of minerals in it. and You have to kind of run it through something to kill the germs and all this stuff. But, but I'm used to that good granite water. I'm from South Carolina. I didn't tell you all that. But, uh, brother, where we was at, we had some good water down there, good old granite water. You didn't have to doctor it at all, brother, just right out, sweet tasting. When's the last time you thank God for your water? Ladies, when's the last time you thank God for your dirty dishes? I bet I got you on that one, didn't I? You say, well, why should I thank God for dirty dishes? Well, if you got dirty dishes, it means what? <laughs> you had a meal. <laughs> How many people in especially third world countries would love to have some dirty dishes? Because they even have dishes, for that matter. Because <laughs> it would mean they were not hungry. They had a meal. You know, we were thinking about the other day how much food is probably thrown away in America. I'd hate to know how much food is just discarded and thrown away. I see people all the time in restaurants, they just ate a little bit. <laughs> rest of it's thrown out. You know, we're so blessed. But people give God thanks for Sometimes just for the obvious things, and sometimes they don't even do that. But what about the hurtful things? What about problems? Pain. Some of you got pain this morning, I'm sure. What about heartache? I've never experienced anything worse than heartache. That's the worst kind of pain of all. <laughs> when you got a heartache. Are we supposed to give thanks for that? According to Scripture, we are. Give me thanks always for all things. Do you think Paul, who is the writer of this epistle and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, do you think Paul knew anything about heartaches and suffering and pain? Why, when he wrote this epistle, he was in jail. Here he is in jail, and he's writing to us, admonishing us to give thanks always. For all things. That means Paul's thanking God. Lord I'm in jail. <laughs> but thank you Lord. I know you got me here for a reason. <laughs> in my bonds. Perhaps that. The gospel would be furthered. In this prison house. Why was Paul in prison? He had been unjustly accused, accused. Of starting a riot. and Then they drove him out of town. But here he is writing to us. To give God thanks always for all things. You know, trouble, I don't know about you, but when everything is just going hunky-dory and smooth sailing, <laughs> I'm afraid, Pastor, I don't drop to my knees quite as often. I don't know about you. I'm just being honest. Because I don't feel like I need anything when things are going really great. But trouble has a way of crowding us to Christ. God rules over all things. And he overrules even in the worst things. Why does God let trouble come our way? Let me give you some reasons. Maybe to correct us. Hebrews 12, 11, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. 
Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. David said in Psalm 119.67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. David said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. I thank God for his chastening hand. You know why? It lets me know I'm one of his. <laughs> the Lord only chastens those who belong to him. The Lord may use trouble to correct us. Sometimes he'll use trouble to create a, a greater dependency upon him. Sometimes he'll use trouble to confirm our testimony to others. Somebody has said that when we endure, when we endure hardships, when we endure suffering for the Lord, and we keep praising him anyhow, you know what that does? It shuts the devil's mouth. When we learn to praise God, even in the midst of trouble, turn over to a couple of, a couple of pages into Philippians, just one page over in my Bible, Philippians chapter 1. Again, Paul is writing this epistle from a prison cell. Notice what he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Look on down in verse number 29. He says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to, what does the Bible say? Suffer for his sake. Paul knew something about suffering. <laughs> you remember how the disciples, when they were beaten, they counted it all joy that they were able to suffer persecution for the sake of Christ. Paul had suffered many things, shipwrecks, beatings, mocking, persecution, hunger, thirst, nakedness, character assassination. Paul knew about all these things. But he says it just confirms the testimony of Christ. To others. Fourthly, I think the Lord brings trouble in our lives. Let's let trouble come our way sometimes to bring us to a deeper maturity as a Christian. Psalm 119.71 says, It is good, David talking again. He said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. What's God's priority for you in life? What's God, God's priority for me? Is it health and wealth? No. I don't believe God's priority for you and me is primarily service and usefulness. Not mainly God wants to use us. God wants us to be in his service, but I don't believe it has, that's his main priority for us. Okay, have I got your attention? <laughs> what is it then? Is that we might mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does I mean by that? We might become more like Jesus. That's God's main priority for you. That's God's main priority for me. To bring us to a deeper maturity in his son, the Lord Jesus. And finally, God may bring trouble in your life to bring out the excelling glory of God. He lets all things come our way for whether good or bad for our good and for his glory. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. He said, Beloved, 
Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. He says, But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Listen now, he says, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Old Stephen was preaching. One of those first deacons in the church. You know, Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people were saved just a few days later. Stephen, Stephen preached the same message about the cross and they stoned him to death. You never know what's going to happen when you preach <laughs> the gospel. But as they were stoning the life out of Stephen, throwing those big stones, those big rocks, hitting him all over. The Bible says that Stephen looked up. And what did he see? He saw Jesus. Not seated, he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Well, he saw the glory. <laughs> Heaven came down, <laughs> and glory filled his soul. He saw the glory. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Old Nebuchadnezzar, he said, I'm going to have them construct a great image, golden image. And he says, when uh, the music is sounded, he says, everybody in the kingdom must uh, fall down and do obeisance to, to my image. And he's got the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They say, oh, king. <laughs> said, uh. We don't care what you do, but we're not going to bow to your image. We serve the true and living God. We're not going to bow down to your idol. And uh, they said, if, if the Lord wants to, he's got the power to deliver us. But they said, even if he don't, we still ain't going to bow. <laughs> That's what they said. And boy, sure enough, the day came that they sounded the music and of course, it was the devil's music, that's for sure. <laughs> and everybody, can you see everybody just bowing down all over? Just everybody in the whole nation bowing down to old Nebuchadnezzar, what he wanted. But these three Hebrew children were standing there. I guess they was easy, easy to spot with it. They were still standing. Where are you going to bow? <laughs> Take them, boys. We got a hot furnace for, for you. So they took him down to the fiery furnace. In fact, he said, heat it up seven times hotter. We're going to fry these boys real good. Throw them in the fire. He said it was so hot that when they opened the door, it consumed the, the soldiers there that were trying to get the door open. And so they cast them in there. Old Nebuchadnezzar, he got to wondering, I wonder what's going on down there. I'm going to go down there and take a peek. He said, open the door and let me look in. He looked in that fiery furnace and he said, uh, he said, I see something going on in there. I said, uh, one, two, three, walking around. No, there's four. There's four of them in there walking around and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Isn't that what he says? <laughs> He said, get them out of there. And they come out. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, 
Not a hair on their head was singed. There was not a smell of smoke on their clothes. They was in there with God. But they was in there where the glory was. They was in there with Jesus. <laughs> not many people will ever see or experience the, the glory of God down here, but those three Hebrew children did. Stephen did. God may allow that to happen to you. Who knows? He can do that if he wants to. But think thirdly about the efficacy of thankfulness. What I mean by that? The power of it. Look at our verse again. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that it says that we're to give thanks unto the Father. For there's power. When we give thanks to the Lord. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every perfect gift. Now we give gifts. They may be pretty good, but they're always imperfect. The only kind of God, gifts that God gives are complete and perfect. That's the only thing God can do. <laughs> everything he does is always complete and perfect and uh, every good gift comes from above every perfect gift comes down from above Psalm sixty-eight, nineteen again blessed is be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits even the God of our salvation Selah God is good <laughs> all the time all the time God is good may i say to you that unthankfulness is a great big whopper of a sin in fact the bible talks about in the last days one of the signs of the last days people will be so unthankful shakespeare said this and i'll close he said how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child I'll read it again. How sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. If we're saved, we're the children of God. I hope you're not one of those unthankful ones because it hurts the Lord. <laughs> it hurts him real bad when we're not thankful. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this good day. Thank you for all your goodness, Lord, and mercies are new every day, every morning. Thank, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to this old boy. Lord, thank you for the how you've saved us. Lord, thank you for the precious blood that you gave so freely on Calvary. Though we don't ever need to forget what you did for us on the cross. Lord, how you saved us from our sins, gave us a new life in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Pray that you bless this church. Lord, bless this dear pastor. Help them, Lord. Help them with all the ministries that are going on here that they might be able to serve you faithfully until Jesus comes. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Pastor.
All right, let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we come to the end of the service today. Appreciate that message and just that, just that encouragement about being thankful to the Lord. And, uh, you know, folks, I, I see that all the time in this day and age where people are just so unthankful, so ungrateful uh, for the blessings that we've been given. And we need to be reminded uh, often that we need to learn to be thankful, not just one time a year on a day because it's the day we do it, but uh, year-round that we need to be thankful to the Lord for the great gifts he's given us. So with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask Judy to begin to play this morning. Maybe you just need to spend some time at the altar thanking the Lord. Maybe you just need to sit at your seat and thank the Lord for what he's done for you. But we await just a moment this morning.